Hello, 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 and welcome back to Show Talk Podcast, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. As you can tell, with the amazing intro, we are back with another episode of Motherland Fort Salem, episode six. And I don't know about you guys, but I am still very emotional about last night's episode. I don't know if it was because of just the acting, the storyline, it was just so great. I mean, I was feeling every stage of grief along with the rest of you guys. And I'm just blown away every episode by how great these women develop these characters and how it comes to life for us on screen. And I hope you guys are seeing it as much as I am because this episode takes the show to a whole nother level that I was not expecting. Um, and I can't wait to get into it with you guys. It was another great episode, like I always say. And I don't know, we have so much to talk about, not only about Abigail and what happened last episode, but we have Rael and her problems with Scylla being gone, Tally and her battle of who she is and telling the truth. Um, We have the Tareem that are now back on site that we didn't think were going to happen soon, but happened and I'm very excited to see how that goes from here on out. And yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's get into Motherland Fort Salem episode six. So I feel like with everything that happened last episode with Abigail and the loss of Charvel going up against the spree fighting for her life, that we should start off with what's going on with her this episode and how she's doing after everything. Um, the girl is struggling you know in in horror movies where or like just movies where there's like a lot of trauma going on and there's a lot of like crazy hecticness and there's like that kid that's just looking around looking for an adult I was looking around this entire episode looking for where are the grief counselors and the psychologists the army psychologists this entire episode for our girl Abigail because she's going through so much. We start off the scene with her just talking to one of the generals about what's going on and what actually happened and relaying her events of the story. And you can just see it on her face. There's tears coming down her eyes. She's still covered in blood, no less. Okay. And here she is just reliving everything over and over again in snapshots of what must just be her mind processing what has happened to her. And everyone's just like okay we'll just talk about this later like go lie down honey no where is her support system she's a bellwether yes she's going to try to take on everything by herself she's going to try to say that she's okay but she's not we know it tally sees it everyone sees it but nothing was done i'm very confused (laughs) I'm very confused because you would think that that would be protocol, especially when you're training women to to go up against a group of people, a group of spree that could kill you at any moment, that could have you lose your loved ones at any moment, that there should be a support group set up for situations like this. Like, yes, you have to train your body, but you also have to train your mind, correct? 
But that's not the case here, at, at least not yet. Although we have Tally trying to reach out and trying to make sure that Abigail is okay, you can see her fighting back against any help that might be coming her way. She even goes to say throughout the episode that she's like a, a beehive right now and that people shouldn't poke her. And it's true. I mean, think about the stages of grief. There's anger, there's denial, there's bargaining. You see it all through her. And she's lashing out that anger towards her loved ones, towards Tally, towards Rael, towards her mother, who's only looking to help her. And we have her now with a bodyguard. And you would think that that would help, that would make her feel more secure, make her feel safe. But it adds just another pressure because one, she's a bellwether again, it has something that has to continuously be mentioned because that is just who she is. That is her life. People expect so much of her. Now to have a physical person there to protect her, to her, of course, that's just going to be seen as as another weakness, as another thing for people to look at um, about her that she can't handle certain stresses and maybe she can't handle going up against the spree if during this encounter she can't she can't process everything that's happening and it's understandable I mean I could see where that was coming from I can see where the anger came from against her mother I mean who why would you want a stranger walking around with you trying to protect you when no one was there to protect you when you were fighting off the spree for yourself correct and now finding out that the spear are specifically going off against bellwethers, what does that say? She has a target on her back. She has a target on her back. Her whole family has a target on her, their backs. And I can only think that she's probably thinking that although she survived this this moment with the spree, it's it's going to be something that's going to come back. It's going to be something that's going to haunt her again, that could put her at risk again specifically. And even if she does get past this, who knows when the next attack is going to be on her, on her life. She may not pass this one. She may not survive the next one. Um, and so she has to prep herself. And now she has to prove herself, not only to herself, to her bodyguard, to her mother, to all the people around her, that she is strong enough to face the next steps of whatever is going to happen. And although she's trying and trying so hard to to hide the fact that she's going through so much, she does break throughout this episode multiple times. And I think that's the first time that I actually like really felt for Abigail like yes we see the pressure that she gets put under by her mother we see the struggles that she does go through but it is different it's something that maybe we can't even relate to because we don't live in the lifestyle that she has even if it's a fictional character it's we see the privilege that she has we do see the struggle but there is privilege there there is there is challenge that she doesn't have to face in regular life so we can feel a certain level of, of of sadness for her, of pity for her, but this episode where she, she breaks down when she's talking to the bodyguard about how maybe it was her fault. Maybe she was the reason she couldn't protect Charvel. She let her guard down. She, she wasn't strong enough, and she just starts breaking down into who is practically a stranger, 
to her and it it really hurt like that's probably the first time I, I teared up a little about in this episode just because you see her as such a strong figure and she, she was holding on for so long to have her finally break and and have her think that it was her fault that that there was nothing else that she could do that she she wishes she could do better and knowing that she can't she can't rewind that moment is is it's difficult to see it it's different to see and I'm waiting for her to use that grief and and that sadness that she has and this new this new way of life that she's going to be looking at to connect more with with Tally and to connect more with Brielle specifically now that they're going through such similar things and you can see that steadily happening as she opens up more to the bodyguard after they have that moment where she asks her why she doesn't have her eye anymore and she goes on to explain how she lost one of her sisters and and that's just her her new life her new way of looking at life if she can't have her entire family with her then she and she sees life differently then she doesn't deserve to look through both eyes which I thought was such a great scene like that moment just just going through everyone's grief we're going through so many people's issues this episode we have Tally's we have Rael's we have Abigail's we have our bodyguards we have the Tareem's issues like everyone's being processed tonight <laughs> are we the psychologists are are we the one actually like looking at this from our own point of view and and processing it and and breaking it down ourselves like are we healing our own wounds by watching the show i would love to know um, because there's just there's so much and and everyone's pain is different and everyone's pain is is unique in their own and there's loss through all of it, but they all adapt differently. And I guess it just made me think a lot about how we process our own, our own grief and our own sadness as people. Like, do you shut it down like Abigail does until it explodes on you? Or, or do you try to process it and turn it into a good thing like Tally does? Or do you go off the rails like Rael, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and it's, it's something you think about continuously throughout the rest of this episode as well, because although we have Abigail finally opening up to someone and, and finally processing a little bit of what's going on, she's still going through a lot. She's, she's dealing with nightmares. She's dealing with, with, her own PTSD, like, let's get real, it's PTSD, she's dealing with it, and in her own way, it may not be healthy, and it's going to last a long time, and the way that's going to translate through the next couple of episodes is going to be interesting to see, um, especially when it, what it means for her unit, since all of them are going through the same thing. Now, speaking of grief, <laughs> Our girl, Raelle, is going through the motions. Oh my God. I, I'm this poor child. <laughs> She's gone through so much. She really has. Unlike Abigail, this is just another moment of 
just heartbreak and loss for her first the loss of her mother and now the loss of someone she's loved and although we talk trash about (laughs) Scylla or at least I have about Scylla and Rael and and what their relationship is and how fast it's moving it's you see in this episode for sure how much it means to her and what the loss of Scylla might do might set her back from all the growth that we've seen this season so far and it doesn't help that she doesn't feel like anyone's on her side. I mean, she goes off against Anacosta asking if she's actually doing her job, if she's actually looking for Scylla because she knows what she's seen and and she she knows Scylla was right there. She she was there during the storm. How how did we lose her? How how is she gone? How is she supposedly dead when they were in the same place at the same time right beside each other? Like that makes no sense, which Duh. I don't even care. Everyone's over here. Scylla's dead. No, she's not. She's not. Okay. I'm my own little Rael here. There's no way you can't take her away from us. Okay. She, she matters too much. Okay. I, I wouldn't, if I was Rael, honestly, if I was in Rael's situation, I would do exactly the same thing. Probably. I mean, I would look for my own truth. If I already knew that there was a bunch of people who didn't like Scylla, who weren't really invested in finding her and making sure that she was okay, I would take it within my own hands to go find her. And that's what she does. She goes through the necromancy classes and and tries to see if she gets any more information. And we see her go down to the tomb of where the necromancers go for classes sometimes. And she finally goes inside looking for any information on where Scylla might be. And we see this little white wall um that looks like it's alive (laughs) and rael being rael (laughs) goes and touches it now that is some door to narnia that i I would not go near if you paid me and just looking at the residue on rael's finger when everyone around her is panicked on if she even interacted with the wall alone, um, has me worried <laughs> about what it actually does and, and what it actually means and what it actually, like, there's a storyline there and it's coming and it's going to be great and I'm excited to see, but I'm also very worried at the face that came out and saw us after. Like, is that, is that dead witches? Is that dead spree? Is that ghosts? Is it Narnia? You know, it's there's a lot of questions and possibilities of what it could be and what its effects could be on Rael. Um, there is a moment, multiple moments actually throughout this episode where I was wondering if the residue from what she felt on the wall is actually just, I don't know, amplifying her emotions a little bit more. Because it seems like her depression, once she finds out that Scylla is quote unquote dead, it, it skyrockets so, so high um, afterwards. It's like she doesn't even give herself a chance to believe otherwise. It just it's, it goes straight down. And I was wondering if maybe the wall was amplifying that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see like if there is a connection that actually occurs between 
her and the wall and whatever is in it um and what that what that means especially emotionally because I don't think Rail can actually take any more hits at this point I mean we see the class use Salva again um to work on their their flights for for training and I'm not gonna lie (laughs) I was very confused as to why you're actually giving students salva to use. I mean, yes, under moderation, like if everyone is being monitored and, and we are doing it in a safe space, sure. But we learned, I, I, I tweeted this out too, it's, it still makes no sense to me. We learned in episode one that salva is bad, okay? Bad. Drugs are bad. And yet, and yet, we gave every witch a small canister full of of salva stars okay and now we have a depressed rael whose last happy full memory of scylla that just keeps getting repeated and repeated over as the last moment that they had together when they were using their salva stars to fly off with each other my emotions but also did we think that this was gonna go all right like there's no way. So as Rael is, is going on and on about how there's no way that Scylla's dead, that she has to be at the lighthouse, the last place that they, they promised that they were going to be safe and happy. There's that denial, guys. Um, when I see that she's she's taken all of these Salva stars, my first thought is not that she's going to the beach, not that she's going to the lighthouse. Well, maybe if she wants to die there, because it seems like an overdose waiting to happen. Tally sees it in the panic that she she's going through looking for looking for her Salva and and finding out that it's gone and Abigail's is gone, too. Like, how, how many stars was on her neck? I I was worried. And, and when we find her washed up on the beach, that is supposed to be a place that has all the answers, has Scylla, and and she's not there? Like, what do we expect for Rael from here on out? I mean, she's come to a point now where she's put her life in danger to find, to find Scylla. And now that she's not there, and she might really be dead, and she, she might be actually accepting to the fact that Scylla is dead that is gonna put her on on even she almost died (laughs) she might succeed next time you know and it's it's very scary to see and it's it's good that she has her unit to lean on um as they're all dealing with the same thing now you see them all come together on the beach and it's like a turning point for all of them as they're relying on one another to to get past this rail is on the verge of life and death right now in in finding out the truth abigail is is blaming herself and and struggling through her own ptsd and and tally now i know that some of you might not think that tally's story in this episode is as strong as abigail's or Rael's, but I thought it it had its own deepness to it because we know 
Tally as someone who always wants to keep the group together, always wants to make sure that everyone's okay, always wants to just be that bridge between everyone. I think they said in the after the storm and it's so true. And for her to find out the truth about Scylla and then be cut off about all information on what's happened to her, what's the next steps, if she should tell, to just be shut down time and time again about what to do, that goes against her nature, that goes against the person that she is. She's, and also, think about this. Tally has gone through her own lies with Garrett. She knows what lies can do and and she's seen the struggles of of what hiding things and, and holding things in can do with her mother and everyone else. Now for her to have to do that herself in order to protect her unit, or at least that's what she believes, like that has to be mentally heavy on her. And you see her go through so much of that struggle as she's looking at Abigail struggling and knowing that she can't turn to Abigail and and let go of what she's learned and tell somebody the truth because Abigail's going through her own things and so she doesn't want to burden her with that and she can't tell Rael the truth because she's going she knows that she's going to hurt her even more. And I'm not going to lie. There was a point in this episode where I was like, "Hey, Rael doesn't really need to know. If Rael thinks that Scylla is dead and all evidence points to Scylla being dead, so what? Like, let's let's just decrease the level of pain that we could give to the girl, right? Like, let's just hold on to it and, and we don't need to, to open doors that don't need to be opened and hopefully in time everyone will heal without the added pain. But at the same time, you gotta know that that's going to come up at the end of the day. Lies and webs, someone always finds them. And Tally has to know that. And that has to be killing her about what to do. You even see it. The effects, the makeup artists, everyone needs a full pay raise at the end of the day for each episode. Because I was amazed at the detail. You can even see, like the the darkness under Tally's eyes as if she hasn't been sleeping just thinking about what to do and it was such it it, it touched me because it's it's so real uh I, when you when you're dealing with that when you found the truth about something say it's something as as important as somebody cheating and and you don't know what to do and and you want to tell the truth but you know it's gonna hurt somebody at the end it's something we can all face and it's it's real and to see her go through that it just I don't know it brought me a little closer to her as well and I hope you guys saw that um that that change in that dynamic in her and I wonder how that's going to change her as well because even even when she's talking to what's her name Gloria her friend even when she's talking to her friend and, and she's trying to rationalize what she should do and, and what's really the truth and, and how it's going to work for her, she she lies to herself. She has to lie to herself in order to, to keep that lie and to n- not hurt anyone else. And if she does find out that Scylla is alive because she knows differently and she has her own suspicions that Scylla is alive. If she 
truly finds out that Scylla is alive and is with Fort Salem being interrogated, it's, ooh, it's going to come out bad. It's going to come out bad and it might break what we've, what we've built so far between the three of them. What this moment on the beach has done for them, it might be crackling at the seams before it's even started. Those were pretty big and heavy moments that happened this episode with this unit and with our girls. But one major thing that also happened this episode that we didn't go too much into detail with, of course, this episode, and I'm sure we're going to go into much more detail with in the coming episodes, is the reveal of the Tareem. Now, I was pretty shocked when I saw them. I thought they were going to be a bigger group, to be honest. I didn't think they were going to be children, no less, um, but we get to meet them. We know them now by the name of Adil and Kalita, but I'm probably butchering the names. Let's be real here. I'm not shocked, but um, we get to know them and they come to Fort Salem looking for refuge after Adil's sister Kalita ends up infected by some kind of disease that we don't know yet and she's out of commission. So during that time, of course, General Alder is looking over them and inquiring about whether or not they are willing to release their their seeds over to her and teach her what she's what she's so familiar with to her own her own seeds. And of course, the drama continues because Everyone is still mad that Elder released her seeds to the world and has used it for the army. We know. We know. Okay? We've gone through this for so many episodes. But now to hear it even from the Tareem, we get it. Okay? We get it. But also, just to throw in my own two cents, if they had used their work and their seeds the way that Elder did, I'm just saying, maybe their group would still be alive. No tea, no shade, but still, just saying. Maybe it would be more than two people right now. At least with Fort Salem, there's a whole group of witches still alive and thriving and, and spreading their their seeds and their future generations. I'm just saying, okay? And everyone's learning about what they are and who they are and and changing the perspective of witches and I'm just tired of everyone hating on Sarah Elder okay I know she's not perfect I know there's gonna be things that I don't like about her this episode not even this episode this entire season especially when it comes to how she's going to deal with Scylla but I feel like we should give her some props for what she's done so far okay she's taking in orphans she's taking in Anacosta she's she's grown a whole entire organization and yet even the Tariq, who are begging on her doorsteps right now to keep his sister alive, is throwing shade. Disrespectful. Just so, just so disrespectful. But they're here now, and it's going to have to be up to General Alder to protect them. Because now that they're here, there's no way that Petra Bellwether doesn't know and doesn't have her her hands in there a little bit, even with everything that's going on. And there's no way that the other generals don't know and and want to stick their teeth into the Tareem because that's just who they are. And I'm hoping that Sarah is going to be able to protect them. And with that, 
earned their trust and maybe it won't be that she learns how to do their seeds and maybe it won't be that they end up joining Fort Salem but I hope that they do come to an agreement to to work together at least to keep them alive they're fine with being the last remains of of who they are who who says that <laughs> it's it's very interesting to see and it seems like they're going to have a permanent place at least for a little bit especially when you look at how abigail and adil were looking at each other i saw it you guys saw it probably it looks like there might be something there and we know that abigail is okay with putting herself out there with who she is and her sexuality so who knows maybe he might be uh the one she needs to lean on for a little bit through the struggle that she's facing it'd be interesting to see honestly but that's pretty much it that's pretty much everything that's happened this episode some honorable mentions all of the bellwethers vocal cords have been taking out Okay, I know in the After the Storm, we talked about a little how it was to go against prominent families like the Bellwethers and how this is the first time that the Spree has officially attacked witches straight out, but I can't help but thinking they have more motives for it. Um, when you look at the beginning of this episode where Petra's trying to identify where the, the blockers are coming from that stopped her from fighting against the the spree and using her windshields. I was wondering, and I, I wondered if you guys thought the same thing, if they could be using the vocal cords to, I don't know, maybe modify the devices that they're using, and, and that's why no one's been able to recognize the the suppressing noise that they've they have. And I wonder, like, yes, they're attacking the families, but the vocal cords... It's a huge disrespect, but it's very powerful as well. So maybe it can be used. That'd be interesting to see if that was the case. Um, what else? There were some other things. The new bodyguard. How do you feel about her? I love her so far. I love her story. I love her back, her background. I love how strong she is for someone who looks so small. She is amazing um and I'm very excited to see how her relationship with Abigail is going to grow and if it's gonna grow within the unit as well and how Abigail is going to be able to lean on her for support as an outside source um I think that's gonna be interesting to see what did you guys think about Scylla being alive? I knew it, okay? Especially when we kept seeing the, the sigil or brand on Rail's hand come in and out with with everything that was going on. She had to be alive. It had to be a signal. Now, did I expect her to be underneath the school being interrogated? No, I did not. But, you know, she put herself in this position and I can't really feel bad for her because she clearly forgot that she had two people gunning for her she had both the spree and she had fort salem like child i don't think she understood uh exactly what she was putting herself into when she decided to you know take on this mission <laughs> but i i'm nervous to see what's going to happen with her i mean if she's going to survive sarah I felt bad, not gonna lie, when I saw Sarah Adler come in to interrogate Scylla, I, I felt bad. Even my heart started racing. Um, 
So who knows? She's going to be going through her own trauma pretty soon. Uh, but the trailer looks like that her and Rael are, are connected in some way. And hopefully they're not seeing or feeling each other. I Oh, it's going to be a mess. And I hope it doesn't take Rael away from Fort Salem. Because honestly, General Alder is just doing whatever is in her power to, to protect the school and protect other witches. And she has to see... If she finds out that Scylla really is spree, that it's being done to protect everyone. And I I don't know. This, this is going to be a mess for everyone. The truth has to come out in order to have everything be okay and, and, and Rael not run off to the spree on her own, you know? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I can't wait to hear your guys' theories. It seems like the idea that Rael's mother might be spree is picking up a little bit more, which I agree. Um, and it, it'll be it'll be an, an interesting to think about if she she does reveal herself and what that might mean if it is true. But who knows? I cannot wait to talk to you guys about it. Um, just a quick shout out as well. XV Lawson XV, thank you so much for your comments. You guys make me so happy when you, you like and share and comment on my podcast. And you're great. And I, if you're listening, you're amazing. And I can't wait to he- read your comments later on uh, tonight if you do listen to this. And um, if anyone else has any comments or would like to talk about this show, you can either follow me at Twitter at Showtalk Podcast or send me an email at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com and I will get back to you or give you your own little shout out here at Showtalk Podcast. But at the end of the day, I hope you guys have a great one. Think of the your loved ones and letting them know that you love them and keeping them close and keep talking about these shows, about anything that you love and you like, because you never know when it's going to be the last time you hear about it or talk about it or see them. So keep talking until next time.